This episode of Ghosted in West Virginia is brought to you by Right Live. Weddings, private events, band and DJ bookings, live sound, and more. Contact Right Live for all your event needs. We are dedicated to providing entertainment, promotion, production for all of your special events. Contact them at writeliveevents.com, writeliveevents at gmail.com, or on Facebook at Right Live. Until then, enjoy Ghosted by Right Live. Hey, this is your boy, Alec McCann, and I am just here to tell you that we are still running our FSPCA fundraiser. They're about to get a whole bunch more dogs. They could really use the help, the donations. So if you don't mind heading over to GoFundMe, uh, looking up Ghosted in West Virginia, and it's uh, Paul Positivity or something, something like that. Uh, The link is on our Facebook. Uh, The link is actually on all our social medias. So check them out uh, and uh, enjoy this episode, guys. You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, <laughs> oppressors, and possessors. Sorry, Zoe just hacked something up. Ew. She is quite disgusting. It's, it is, um, your humble, your humble, humble. host, Alec McCann, with me as always, my beautiful wife, Julia. And we also have a baby. Hello, baby, hello. say hi. Say hi. All right. He waved. Good job. Yeah, he waved. So, just a couple of announcements. Um, I've had a couple of people ask me if we are still doing our uh, charity fundraiser, and we are. Um, that'll be running up for a good bit. Um, the link will be in our description, and I hope that uh, some people push the uh, movement forward. That being said, guess what we're learning about today? What? One thing is uh, a theater and then the other is a vicarage in Sweden. So, the first thing, um, we haven't really covered in great detail the idea of a theater being haunted. And maybe it's because, like, we don't think of, like, stages and plays anymore. It's more of, like, a... It's almost clinical. Like, you know, huge movie screen, luxury popcorn eating, you know, that kind of thing. But you're you're not seeing... Right. To us, real people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're real people, but it's not some actor on a stage. Yeah. I like plays. 
Yeah, me too. That, but that type of environment doesn't create a haunting feeling, you know? Yeah. The, uh, you're isolated for sure, but, you know, there's, there's something a bit impersonal about sitting in the dark watching people on the screen. Versus being like, oh, the people are right there in front of me. I just saw this dude get shot. For real. <laughs> but he's still here. How? How does Ong come back for the curtain call? <laughs> However, in 1903, that was not the vibe of a theater. Low wattage lighting and present audience really could make it seem... Like there could be a paranormal entity living in the building. At least it definitely seems a lot more possible. You've got all those people around. It's more right. personable, that type of thing. You know, it's it's more... You have got to stop talking. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. Da. Oh, look at him. Oh. I wish people could see him. I know. He'll be on YouTube one day. Oh, if he don't quit pinching me. <laughs> oh. oh, boy, how are you going to hit me? Oh. Yeah. Daddy's doing a show. Daddy's doing a show. Let's make sure it's still recording. It is! Yay! Yay. Perfect. All right. Yeah, he clapped for us. Oh, good job. Now, in 1871, Chicago went through a terrible tragedy that killed 300 people and destroyed most of the buildings in the city. It was actually known as the uh, Great Chicago Fire of 1871. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um... Maybe. I've heard of the Great Chicago Fire, but not a well, year. That, well, that's... Was there more than one? No, that, no. Um, in the wake of the fire, many buildings decided to build up in the modern urbanization style. Meaning, you know, less, less uh, flammable material, more like brick. Or um, something along those lines. Yeah. I don't know if eighteen, if uh, if in nineteen oh one they were building uh, buildings out of steel yet. I don't know no. when we started doing that. Not sure. If anybody knows, tell us. Leave a leave a leave a message in the comments or something. I don't. We don't have comments, do we? No. Hmm. They just message us and tell us. Yeah, like, message they see us. us in person. Yeah. Be like, what up, idiots? Y'all are stupid. <laughs> uh, but nothing I saw, uh, you know, was like, you know, they took precautions. They, you know, this was still etched in their mind, obviously. It was only like 30 some years. Let's see, 1871 to 1903. That's less than a hundred. I know that for sure. He just pushed the puppy off the bed. Rude. It's 32 years. 32. Oh, man. I was so close. I said it was like 30-some years, right? whip out my calculator. Yeah. Um, anyway. Nothing says building back better like building a theater. The Iroquois Theater was built with what would be considered at the time 
state-of-the-art technology. Of course, this meant only one thing, really. What? Asbestos curtains. Oh, good. Yeah, this was meant to be a flame retardant and also totally improve the air quality over time. Really helped boost the, the population in the years to come. It was hailed as the Titanic of buildings. It was supposed to be absolutely fireproof. In fact, that's what they ran with. That's why it's compared to the Titanic, because the Titanic was unsinkable. Right. And then yeah. its first voyage. Now, Oliver, you're going to go head over first into the floor. I don't know what that look was about. He's so... What is he doing? He's a freaking frog. He loves Zoe. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's got a waller all over her. Oh, the hug. You're a good girl, Zoe. <laughs> she looks like, please get this away from me. I don't know why it's happening. Oh, um... So, but, and so they said, you know, this building is absolutely fireproof. It cannot be caught on fire. However, five weeks into production, one of the overhead stage lights caught fire, and those asbestos curtains didn't do anything to stop it. It actually was, is known as the worst single building fire in the history of the city. It should also be mentioned that they installed several exits throughout the building. But fun fact, they locked all the exits in order to keep people out that hadn't bought a ticket. So this was after the Great Chicago yeah, Fire, Yeah, this takes correct? place in 1903. Okay. The Chicago Fire is 1871. Okay. They build a whole bunch of exits in order to comply, but lock, but lock them so people that didn't buy tickets can't just sneak in. And when we get into the fire, it's actually kind of funny. I, no, it really is. It's a really bad fire, but the entire time, and I don't, nobody, nobody that, what you know, was a part of this is alive anymore, so it's okay to laugh. Not yet. It seems no. morbid. No. George, or... Er, <laughs> George! <laughs> if this child doesn't stop bonking his head into the computer. Why do I gotta be George? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Anyway, I don't know. You have to... Okay, listen. I'm already giggly because I know what's coming. <laughs> but it is... It is absolute... The stupidity... Of people or how trusting people are of things, especially back then. It's hilarious because nothing good happens to these people on this night. Not one good thing. So anyway, um, there was an estimated 600 people that were killed that included children out for the holiday, the performers and stage crew. Okay, <laughs> so you go from an entire city being burned down and only 300 people dying to one building and 600 people dying. In order to try and lift themselves up by their bootstraps, they raised the building in the 1920s and began construction on 
what would eventually be known as the Oriental Theater. Again. No, no, no. It's first known as the Iroquois Theater. No, I'm saying this is the same theater. They rebuilt it again after it burnt up again. Yes. But they they changed they changed it. The, this actually caused um, a whole slew of um, in uh, uh, inside building activity. I don't know what you call them. Recreational activities uh, buildings had to be up to a standard, okay. uh, a better standard because of this. But it has since become a hot spot for tourism and paranormal investigation. Now, on the paranormal side, many investigators are drawn to the alley behind the theater, known as Death Alley. Mm. And this actually, uh, the name actually came from a newspaper headline that called it an alley of death and mutilation. And we'll find out why in a second, or in a little while. Now, one of the local legends, and again, this is, probably isn't, isn't, true you know it's an urban legend but urban legends are just as important to me as paranormal because it informs paranormal sometimes it is said that ghouls haunt this location these ghouls are well they're 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 body looters uh and identity thieves they will steal what they can find off a dead body and have also been said to take on a false identity in order to claim any jewelry or money that would be belonging to the dead person they were pretending to be. They're like ghost raccoons in a way. Um, but, you know, identity theft back then was real simple. You just show up looking like the person. Yeah. Didn't take much. No. Um, David Cohen... Uh, who runs the Chicago Hauntings tour group and also authored To Sleep With Angels, which, all right, man, if you're going to sleep with angels, it seems like it didn't go well for the Jews and, you know, back then, but whatever. Any concentration, I'm referring to Genesis chapter 6, in case anybody's wondering why I made that joke. It's a, it's a Bible joke. Any concentration of so many deaths on a site like that, obviously the place is going to be haunted by the tragedy. I've been there many times. When I'm back there doing stuff, I'm just kind of doing my thing. People who are more sensitive to it are probably people who've never been back there before. But you can definitely feel a presence back there. Uh, End quote. Now... What actually happened inside is sort of a wild story. So what people saw right before the fire happened was a, was a bright flash above the stage. One, you know, one of the lights catching yeah. fire. Then the fire traveled the cancer curtains until it reached uh, the oil painting backdrops for sets. That's, uh, you know... That's where the fire became uncontrolled. But at first, nobody panicked because the theater was supposed to be fireproof. So they just sat there like good little bunnies having a good time. Oh, my. Letting the show go on. In fact, uh, at one point, comedian Eddie Foy. I know, buddy. Comedian Eddie Foy even came out on stage to tell everybody to remain calm and if necessary, they could leave through the exits that were not clearly marked because they didn't want to distract from the show. Right. Um, 
he then proceeded to sing them a song to relax them even further. Because nothing says serious societal issues like a comedy guy asking an audience to take him seriously and not the fire with a song. They even started to do the show again. That is, until the curtain fell partially down but snagged on something and then swung over to the other curtain so it could keep it warm. See, now... That's when people, mostly women and children, because the play was actually a children's production known as uh, uh, Bluebeard, which is actually a pretty famous play. I've never heard of it. Um, They all panicked uh, and then all at once tried to get out of the exits. Also, no firefighters were sent because no one at that point had thought to pull the alarm. So they had to go, one, one person that escaped had to go down the street and start ringing a bell to oh get the fire people to come because they also didn't have an automated system. What a mess. My pants are wet. Why? I guess because of this thing. Here, I peed. What if that was true? Now, here's another fun thing. Okay, so you've heard all this tragedy, right? Like, just one thing after another. The crew thought that they'd be able to escape. So they were like, hey, why don't we escape out the back? And then they opened that end up, which created a backdraft and fueled the fire even further. It traveled off the stage and immediately caught the carpet on fire, as well as the dead that had been crushed by the crowd. This is an awful night. But listen, if they had just if they had just I don't I don't even know how you prevent this. Like don't have oil paintings? I don't know. I just don't sit there and look at the curtains like all oh, new fireworks. Like I don't care how fireproof somebody tells me a place is. If something if catches fire, something on fire, I'm going outside. Right. Because obviously it's going to be smoke. Right. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But this was like you know the funnest fire ever. It's letting everybody party. People in the rafters tried to escape via the unfinished fire escapes, and of course, immediately fell to their deaths giving the alley a reason for its name. Ah. After the fire, the building closed down for a good while. And by a good while, I mean four months. It closed down for four months until they built the Colonial Theater, which then closed down and went on to become the Oriental Theater. However, at all points after the fire, it was believed to be haunted. The theater has gone through many changes throughout the years. It was a main movie palace from 1926 to 1988. Also, that kind of makes it sound, hey, hey, that kind of makes it sound dirty. Like, oh, yes, this is my movie palace. I like to go here when the pleasure palace is up for renovations. (laughs) It was then reopened as the Ford Center of Performing Arts Oriental Theater and hosted the showing of Wicked while it was off-Broadway. It since landed on the super impressive name of Nederlander Theater. Interesting. 
or Niederlander Theater. Either way, it's a terrible name. Yeah. But let's get to some hauntings, because there's actually one really good uh, story in here. So, we have a story that actually comes from um, one of the Wicked actresses, the main character, actually. A sit-down production of Wicked was performed at the theater from June 2005 to January of 2009, the most popular stage production in Chicago history. Anna Gasteyer originated the role of Elphaba, which is the uh, Green Witch, in the production of Wicked and was nominated for a Jefferson Award for her performance. On the 29th episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories on the Bio Channel. Is that a thing still? Is the Bio Channel a thing still? I bet it's the ID Network or something like that now. Anna talks about her experiences at this extraordinarily beautiful historical American theater. Anna first mentioned that now rarely... Um, Anna first mentioned uh, the now rarely used back alley called Death Alley since the Iroquois Theater fire when the bodies were stacked there by the firemen. Ooh. Yeah. She described the alley as being very dismal and gloomy. She said that it felt terrible to be there. On December 30th, the anniversary of the fire, Anna had a paranormal experience during her performance at the theater. At the end of Act 1, her character, the witch Elphaba, I think that's how you say her name, is learning to fly, and she flies up high into the air. There's a great deal of fog and smoke, and the orchestra's orchestra is, uh, you know, normally playing very loud. So she's flying in the air, and she looks up in the wings of the rafters, and standing in little groups are people. And they're, like, standing in, like... My goodness, he needs to put something in his mouth. Hey, at um, least he's feeling better. Yeah. So, after the show, she goes down a long deserted hallway to her dressing room, and then she hears children crying. And then a moment later, she sees a woman and two children standing at the end of the hallway, dressed in winter period clothing. The family appears calm and collected, but out of place. The mom especially exudes sadness. Anna nods to the woman who nods back. They then turn a corner and disappear. Now, Anna has no doubt that this family perished in the fire of 1903. She said that Wicked is a play for families and children, and it stands to reason that ghosts of other mothers and children would be joining them nightly. Now, there's another dude named Seltzer who wrote a little bit about stuff, and uh, I put down what he wrote here. Uh, People often see everything from ghost lights in the alleyway to one particular figure that appears uh, to be the shadow of a woman wearing a tutu. We suspect it's the ghost of a woman named Nellie Reed, who was a tightrope walker from London, England. She was the only vaudeville cast member to actually die in production. Seltzer uh, has also heard several reports of paranormal activity in and around the theater and the alley. 
People have felt cold spots there, little localized areas that are a lot cooler than they thought or than, than they ought to be. Inside the or dude. I've had enough of the random noises, buddy. I love you, but it's time to chill. Inside the Oriental Theater itself, we hear a lot of stories. The staff is not supposed to talk about it, but every now and then we hear people saying they've heard screams in the middle of the night. Oliver, dude. <sighs> now, this is uh, some rumors that have happened. Cast and crew report that uh, while they're rehor- rehearsing, <laughs> rehearsing on stage, they will look up in the balcony and see shadow figures moving around. People have also reported seeing apparitions of strangers on the back stairs wearing period wear from the turn of the last century. Strange lights have been seen traveling through the theater at all hours. It's thought to be disembodied spirits enjoying the theater, but some have even speculated that they're just stuck in a loop living out the night at the, th- you know, living out their night at the theater. But there are other spirits that seem present and notice what's going on in real time, such as uh, the ones that are watching the plays and stuff. Now, back in Death Alley, people tend to encounter things uh, and take lots of strange pictures, especially along the back walls. Um, One dude said that a friend who claims to have psychic abilities... Of course. And who came on a lot of ghost hunting tours with him. Said he feels too much energy in that alley and wouldn't even walk down it. Nearby buildings are also involved when it comes to the stories about ghosts that might be connected to the Iroquois. Uh, Fire. The Marshall Fields Department Store opened its 8th floor to use as a triage hospital and morgue for the fire victims. The store has been known as Macy's on State Street since 2006, and there have been subsequent reports of hauntings on the 8th floor. It's reported, for instance, that there, uh, when the new employee lockers were on that floor, a lot of new employees reported experiencing weird things. Uh... So, eventually, they moved the lockers, and they haven't had any troubles there. But there are just a lot of stuff happening at, yeah. at this theater. Um, so, what do you think of that? It's pretty cool. Yeah? I don't know that I'd ever want to go to it. You don't think so? What? doesn't sound like there's anything dark. No, but it's caught on fire a lot. It caught on fire once. They they built it after the fire, and then they so they built they had a fire. Then they built the Iroquois Theater. The Iroquois Theater caught on fire, and then it's just been shut down a whole bunch, but not for fire related issues. Now we have one more. Okay. This one is and uh, to be honest with you guys, we're gonna have a lot of episodes that have multiple stories in them. Only because we're we're trying to read our books so that we can make notes, but we we you know we want to bring you big topics when it's necessary because we you know we still got our Halloween tradition to go through right now. Yeah. You know I'm still working on that. I got to figure out where we where we ended it. This next thing is called the Borgvatnet 
haunted vicarage in Sweden. Now, in the deep forests of Jotland, Jotland, something like that, stands a locally, a, a locally, a lonely vicarage. Now, when you first look, this old country house might not look uh, like much to the world, but this house has a dark past that pales in comparison to many other places in Sweden. I believe I wrote that wrong. Because that would mean that its past sucks in comparison to the rest of Sweden. But that's not what it... That's not what it's supposed to say. The fragile wooden walls and creaking floors have been the scene of tragic events and paranormal activity. In fact, Borgvatnet Vicarage is considered to be the most haunted place in Sweden. And it frequently makes its way onto other lists of most haunted places in the world. More than 250 years ago, first inhabitants of what would eventually become the small town of Borg that net moved to the area. As with most new towns at the time, a church was one of the first structures to be built. For any priest who decided to take a job at a church, it was customary to get a small farm or a piece of land to live on and cultivate, which is how Borgvatnet's vicarage was built. They would just give priests land and be like, you know the word of the Lord? Seed this land. Seed it. In the year 1876, so five years after the fire of Chicago, the first priest of Borgvatnet moved into the vicarage. A total of 15 priests would come to live here uh, before the last one had finally had enough of the ghostly activities and was like, See ya! And no other priest is willing to take that place over. Now, what came to be the final straw is still one of the most famous ghost stories from the house. Now, although the first reportings of the haunting at the vicarage were made by a priest in 1927, it wasn't until the last priest, Eric Lindgren, Uh, moved into the vicarage in 1945 that it became publicly known that the grounds were haunted. During a meeting held by Yamtland County Agricultural Society in December 1947, a journalist from the local newspaper caught rumors of the haunted vicarage in town and bluntly asked Eric about his experiences. And it was safe to say that not only had Eric documented his experiences, but he also wanted to go public. He was like, I, I want to tell people. Please won't you let me tell people? Yeah. Would you Would you bishops be so kind as to let me say some words about the ghosts that are living in this supposedly holy land? <laughs> um, according to Lindgren, one of the most haunting experiences experiences he had while living there was when uh, sudden, he was suddenly thrown off his rocking chair by an unknown force and he ended up on the floor. Apparently he was after that just never able to sit in the chair hmm. for too long because oh. he would he would just get thrown every time. Interesting. This, this ghost was like, no, 
My chair. That chair was made out of the tree that was in my backyard when I was a lad. By the way, I don't know how to do Swedish accents, so we're going with weird British grunts. That works. Soon the stories of Borgvatnat would become a national sensation. Now, after all the publicity, previous priests and guests who had spent the night at the house started coming forward with their own stories. And since ghosts or paranormal activity aren't really, you know, looked favorably upon by the Christian religion, there would have been plenty of reason for the previous priests not to open up about the personal, you know, their, their yeah. experiences. One priest would even recall a time when he saw a gray-clad lady appear in the corner of the room he was sitting in. She would slowly walk towards him, only to suddenly change direction and walk into another room. Weird. He would get up to follow her and then realize the room she walked into was empty, so there would be nobody there. A visitor who spent the night in a room, uh, now known as the Weeping Lady's Room, would recall waking up in the middle of the night to feel as if he was being watched. Now, as she sits up, or I'm sorry, as she's being watched. <laughs> I got my pronoun game wrong. Uh-oh. As she sits up, she sees three figures sitting on a sofa staring right back at her. According to the guest, she would pinch her arm to make sure she was awake. And when nothing seemed to help, she would turn the alarm clock and set it off. Confident that she was awake and not dreaming, she claimed to be certain that the woman had been sitting across from her all night watching her. Or women. How would you feel you woke up and that's what you saw? And like... I feel like standing, I don't know, what's worse, standing at the end of the bed or sitting on a couch across from you I don't know. while you're sleeping? Because I have woken up and I've seen someone standing at the foot of our bed, but I've never felt uneasy about it. So, I don't know. I would be, <laughs> do you remember the night Grayson was standing over here and I almost killed him? You you were the one that told me I had to calm down because I didn't know it was Grayson. I don't remember that. Well, well, don't if if any kids are listening, don't wake your parents up by just standing and staring at them. They they might shoot you. It's you weird never know. And creepy. It's one hundred percent weird and creepy. Or do it and tell us how it goes. <laughs> that might be fun too. Right. Anyway, um, so where are we? No one really knows how these hauntings began, but the most accepted story is that one of the first priests to live there had a sexual relationship with a local girl. Mm. Tisk tisk. Now, it's not clear whether this was a consensual relationship or if she was assaulted, but it is said to have happened. And when learning that the 19-year-old girl was pregnant, the priest locked her up in an enclosure in the backyard, made sure to put her on a chain so she had plenty of room. It was also in the same backyard that the girl would bury her child right after killing it. Mm. Now, it's not clear whether the young girl made it out of the enclosure or if she met the same fate of her child, but I imagine she probably met the same fate of her child. Probably. There are a few more haunting stories about the uh, 
area of the vicarage to be found online, some more disturbing than others. Regardless of whether or not you believe in ghosts, one thing is for sure, it takes a courage to spend the night in Sweden's most haunted location. Almost as much as it did a hundred years ago. Boom, boom, boom. Now see, I want to go there. Yeah? But that sounds like it's a little darker. Yeah. Priest got thrown out of their chair. I don't know that I want to be there at night time. I would just like to see it and, oh. and tour it. Well, let me show you some pictures real quick. And we'll throw these up on our Instagram. Of uh, the Oriental Theater and what this place looks like. So this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. No. So this is uh, what the Oriental Theater looks like today, I think. If it'll come up. I don't understand why it can be. Oh, look at that. Ooh, that's right? Nice. That's beautiful. Um, I don't know that that's right. Oh, this says it's the Chicago Theater. Is there a difference? This says it's Oriental. Well, this these are the Orientals. This is the Oriental, not the Orientals. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is that what I just said? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Um, okay, see, that's what happens. He, he hit his face off my finger. He oh. he better be feel lucky it was my finger and not the computer. Don't look at me like that. I didn't do it. You rammed your face into it. I know. Now this is the uh what the Iroquois theater looked like here. You know, not too bad, not yeah. too shabby. There again, right there. Dude, you are so dramatic. He is. <laughs> He's, what is he doing? Now look, this is the damage of the fire. This is the absolutely fireproof uh, oh building. Look at that. Absolutely fireproof right, right there. Looks safe from the outside. Uh, let's see here. There's a better... Black and white does it more justice. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That is just blackened. Um, and then... Let me show you this. Uh, Bon... What is it called? Bon... Bon... Bad... Um, well, folks, it's been very nice to have you over uh, listening to our show, but our baby is now deciding to throw all sorts of fits, I think because the dog didn't pay attention to him. I don't know. But uh, our check out our Instagram. These pictures will be up there. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, remember, curl up in bed. I'm sorry this outro is so rushed, but you heard what I heard. Uh, 
He's been sick, to be fair. Yeah, well. Oh. Um, huh? Nothing. But uh, please enjoy these episodes, and thank you for listening, guys. Okay, he's got a binky in his mouth. Hold on. Let me show you this before he screams again. This is the vicarage. Oh, that's cute. And that here's a here's a good picture of it right here. With snow and all that. Cute. Yep. Alright guys. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye.